Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And as always, we have my partner in crime to my left. What's up, Big Neil? It's a glorious day here in Zamunda, Lance. A um, little bye week action. We are um, kind of at the beginning of, uh, a, a, I want to call it a dead weekend, but uh, I wouldn't expect a whole lot to be happening here uh, in regards to the Steelers, but you never know. I know that the big news of what everybody wanted to hear uh, as expected uh, has not happened. I wouldn't expect it to happen. I would assume Matt Canada will be the Steelers offensive coordinator when the Steelers return to action week seven against the Los Angeles Rams. So uh, with that said, where are we? This is uh, yet another bizarre season heading into the bye week. And we know, Lance, from past experience, this team turns into something else after the bye. And uh, if we're going to count on that happening again for a third time, um, it, it's, it's crazy how we ended up here. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they absolutely are a Jekyll and Hyde bunch. But before we get into that, and we get into the main topics of the program, one of those being Audible Gate. I'm going to open up the floor to Neil. But before I do that, if you want to join us, make sure you go to the New Standard or search for the New Standard at YouTube uh, and search for New Standard and Lance Williams and or Neil Kulong. And however you get your podcast, you can do the same search. Do a search for the Steelers, the New Standard, and Neil Kulong and or Lance Williams, and the title of this week's show is Mad Matt, Maple Matt. Matt was mad, Neil. Matt was mad. Neil, break it down. Audibles, his reaction. Just, and and I I just want to say this. Social media has given us a platform to do a show, and I'm appreciative of it, and I'm appreciative of that and technology and so on and so forth. It has given me an audience, someone to care about what I think about the Steelers. But social media has made fans dumb as hell. I mean, it's just, it is just, and I used to think that our fan base was above reproach, but man, it, Neil, the floor is yours. Please break down Audible's Audible Gate, all this silly stuff going on with Mad Matt. I've decided, and I've gone back and forth on this. I want to start with the reaction piece of it. The reaction, of course, what we are discussing is Steelers offensive coordinator Matt Canada's. Uh, general lack of outward enthusiasm uh, with a camera trained on his face during uh, at, at whatever point of George Pickens touched late touchdown against Baltimore would ended up being the, the, the game winning score. Canada does not react the same way that the staffers behind him do. And many people have uh, it, taken that as evidence that Canada must not have called the play uh, in which the Steelers scored. The, their reasoning is because Kenny Pickett, under center, pre-snap, says the word Randy. Randy! 
loudly enough that you could hear it. And just a quick shout out, uh, because this is not the case in Minnesota. In fact, the Vikings have complained about this uh, this season. The fact that the Steelers crowd, while the Steelers had the ball, was quiet enough that you could hear it is, is good on the home crowd. That's what you're supposed to do. Make noise on defense, not on offense. Point being, Randy, Randy. Uh, apparently signifies to people that Kenny Pickett changed the entire play. And the reason uh, George Pickens was successful while covered by former All-Pro Marlon Humphrey outside was because Kenny Pickett said the word Randy. Randy! Let's, let's get into this. First off, the reaction piece of it. Canada, in the situation that he is in, whether or not um, we are pleased, whether or not he is reacting as, as uh, jubilatory as, as he should, he knows if the player does score during the play, they're going to have to go for two. You'll also notice he's the one with the headset on um, and, and actively contemplating something. He's looking at something. After the touchdown, if you were to look at any NFL head coach, the thing that they're doing is this. Go into the microphone. They're standing there. They're talking to somebody because there's a decision that has to be made. And from there, there are instructions to give. That's a coach's job. It's Mike Tomlin's job to determine whether or not they're going for two, to communicate that, and to give, in, in whatever case, whatever instance, his thoughts on it, a suggestion. Maybe he calls the play himself. I, I don't know. We are not there. You are not there. Joe Sweatsock on Twitter, who thinks they know everything about offense in the NFL because he plays Madden, doesn't have any clue how the Steelers operate. Randy! Okay? We just don't. The only reason you know anything about this is because the camera is six inches away from Matt Canada's face. That is the only reason. Even Matt Canada produces enough offense with the Steelers to have scored enough touchdowns without the camera in his face for us to clearly say we have no idea how he reacts in an average situation. What we know is they needed to go for two. He doesn't have time to celebrate like the coaches in the background do. And I would even offer this up. If everybody loved Matt Canada, they'd be screaming about the coaches celebrating and not focusing on the two-point play that needs to happen. They needed to get that. So Canada's reaction is probably metered in the fact, most likely, I, I don't know that this happened, but most likely uh, because Tomlin is in the earpiece telling him we're going for two, this is what I'm seeing, this is who I like, those types of things. And he's taking that in while he's watching everything else that's going on. There is an astronomical amount of things that happen over any NFL play. There is a ton of detail. There are a ton of things that you need to know as a play caller in order to be prepared for the next play. And this next play, as Mike Tomlin would say, is a weighty down. You've got to get that. Okay, that, That's a critically important at that point in the game. He's not, it, it, he's not celebrating because they're not done yet. The job isn't over. They've got to get that two-point play in. He has to communicate that. He has to understand it. Uh, if he's looking over whatever it is, there's a lot of things that he could be doing other than celebrating. The idea, though, that, that's the real problem is the connection of his lack of celebration with a chain of events that has no basis in reality um, <laughs> in, in, in how people are reacting to that entirely emotionally and entirely because they hate Matt Canada. 
I shouldn't have to qualify this, but I'm going to. I'm not a big fan of Matt Canada. I don't. I have gone on record many times and many different platforms saying there is absolutely no chance he is the Steelers' offensive coordinator in 2024. That there's no arguing that. He called the play that they ran. Okay, there's no way that that didn't happen because your audible is not going to be a word. All right, there are all kinds of things that go on. First, let's go into Randy. Randy. Randy! Remarkably simple. Randy means right. Take a guess right. what Louie means. Okay. Left. It can be, and I, I hilariously heard this from somebody on social media, and they were telling it as a joke, and I, I got a big kick out of it. They were saying Randy was, a, was homage to Randy Fickner. Unfortunately, no. In this case, <laughs> Randy generally means a direction, just like Louie, Lookie, uh, Ben said those things. It depends on your offense. I've heard Randy, Richard, Rip. There, there are all kinds of things to indicate left and right. What that really means is you're shifting your protection. And if you look at the beginning of the play, the Ravens break their huddle about the same time the Steelers do, and they're overloading on the offensive right side. So if he says Richard, that's an indication to the lines called a line check that they need to slide protection to the right side because they're going to be overloaded there. That is not the changing of an entire play, which is some of this is terminology, but generally accepted. An audible is the changing of an entire play. That is, we went into the huddle with this play. We got to the line of scrimmage and it was changed. Quarterback will do that. Usually when they get under center or they're in shotgun, they take a look at everything. They step away. You'll see the line kind of get up from their stance and they'll be calling out a lot of different things. It's not one word. And people will get up and move. Also, you're probably shifting people. If you call a play in a certain formation, the formation is more important than, the, than what routes are being run in most cases. Okay, That's the, the value of the play. It's who's, going, who's lining up where and where are they going to be. When you audible, and I, I would say, watch veteran quarterbacks. They will do this kind of thing more. All right. Ben, for example, for the easiest example, um, he didn't audible as much as he had line checks, which is like Richard, Louis, Rick, whatever. Randy. Randy. That's I lost on that word for some reason. Um, he might instruct a route or something to be run differently based on the coverage that's there. But the key thing is Baltimore never showed anything else. Baltimore came out of their huddle with the intent of covering George Pickens one-on-one -on -one with no safety help on the outside. What Jim or what, what John Harbaugh did, and I don't know if this was the best idea, what he did was tell Kenny Pickett, I'm coming after you, overloaded on a side. I'm going to have a free rush. I'm going to see if your line can figure it out by the time you can get set and throw the ball to your single-covered receiver against my stud cornerback. It's a gamble. Yeah, not absolutely. unusual. Not even the first time the game they did it. The fact Kenny didn't throw it before is irrelevant. It's not as if Kenny Pickett said, oh, you screwed up. I see man coverage. I'm going to throw it. The situation presented itself. The Steelers beat the Ravens on that play. Okay, that, that's really what it came down to. It, it's not more than that. To suggest Canada did not call the play, Canada was not involved, all you're saying is that you hate Canada, and we get it. Okay, 
you can hate Canada and not be stupid. The, the two things can <laughs> yeah. exist. All right. That's not an audible. It's a line check. And it's what every NFL quarterback would do when they looked at what they saw. It was the right play call, which of course Canada won't get any credit for because damn him. He doesn't deserve any of it. It was the right play call. It was the right throw and Pickett actually put it on, on his hands. So good for all of them. He beat Marlon Humphrey. One of my favorite players. Love that guy. Great play by Pickens. Great throw by Pickett. The line picked it up after picking after Pickett slid protection to the right, Randy. called out Randy, and all was good. His reaction is not relevant to anything other than his reaction. It is not indicative that he didn't call the play. He's not sour pussing up in the booth because, well, he's going to do what he wants to do, and I, I didn't call that play. They don't do that. It's success. To say nothing of the fact, it's a standing rule. If you see Pickens in, in zero coverage, with yes. a, a, a zero help over the top, in uh, uh, with a cornerback who is showing you man technique, they want to throw the ball up. They don't need an audible for that. That is a built. That's something that's built into the play. So Canada yes. designed the play to do exactly that. So Canada, you know, I, I look for me. It, it's about the Johnnies and the Joes, not the X's and the O's. The quarterback, the receiver, the line, they made that play. The play call was designed for them to be in a position to succeed. I'm not praising Canada for this wonderfully complicated play call. It's very simple. He had the right call against the right defense. Harbaugh gambled and lost. I could see why Harbaugh did it. Tough to do. I I see why he did it, though, because, frankly, he landed on that a bunch during the game. And, as, as note, they wanted to stay the hell away from Broderick Jones, who had a phenomenal game, by the way. Um, the, the value of overloading an offense and forcing the quarterback into a pressured situation is to try to force a sack or a takeaway, which Baltimore needed at that point in the game. Their offense completely fell apart. Their defense was going to have to win it. That's why they did it. And it's probably why Canada called the play that he, that he called. He expected it to happen. And it did. Yes. Well, I better put a, a go in this just in case they overload, just in case they want to go uh, zero blitz again, which is what they did. So, and, and, and that's called coordination. It, yes, it's a, that's it's what a, he's supposed and, to do. And that's what's called coordination. It's a plan. They know the audibles that whatever audibles they're going to go to during the game during that week have been discussed and talked about. This is very choreographed. I mean, this is very choreographed. I think, very, yeah, there is very little that they aren't <laughs> yes. aware the other side is doing. Yes. Okay? It I is mean, very much a living, breathing game of chess. They are fully aware. The defense yes. breaks the – they don't even need to break the huddle. Canada is aware of what defensive formation the Ravens are going to show because they've studied the Ravens leading into it. They know when this guy's on the field and this guy's off, this right. is probably what they're going to do. Absolutely. And they, they battle back and forth. That's how Absolutely. you that's how you call games. It's not Madden. You don't scroll down to find the right play and then pick it. Right. You, you're doing what you're doing for a very intentional reason. Absolutely. Now, the, the value of Canada overall doesn't increase incredibly in my mind because of this, but he doesn't deserve what it has happened to him over this. Let's also keep in mind, I'm sorry I've made this way too long, Lance. Let's keep in mind, last week he had idiots on the internet trying to read his lips to make him look bad. That's probably also why he's not reacting. He knows there's a camera a foot away from his face. Maybe he doesn't want to give people more to shred him with. 
They'd rather just say, you know, hey, products on the field. Look what we just did. We called that. We knew it was coming. We were successful. He doesn't need to go out of his way to celebrate. And just because he doesn't celebrate doesn't mean that anything happened. Changing the play is not that that's not what Pickett said. <laughs> Just it, first off, they're not going to say on camera and pick up to Deron truthfully what they did or didn't do because then you can see it. Let's just say for argument's sake, what's the word, Lance? Randy means George Pickens is going to run a fly. Why would Pickett confirm that in front of everybody? He wouldn't. He's not telling you he changed the play. Or if he is, he loves the fact everybody thinks they changed the play. Because then they're going to go look for things that would indicate this is what they're going to do. They're not going to be honest. I've been a reporter. I've, I've covered the team. I assure you they are not honest about a lot of things a lot of times. Okay, And that's intentional. They have people within the organization that do nothing but sit and pour over everything. You have plays like that. That's not really how it works. The route, if anything was changed from the original design, it was Pickens running a fly. Which is a, a, a which is something they would have uh, built into the play itself. In other words, you know, X ninety rip check with me, which would mean I'm going to look at the defense, I'm going to see what's needed, and I'm going to make a motion of some type if I want you to do this route or that route. In other words, if it's zero coverage, you're isolated one on one with a guy. I want to throw you the ball deep, but let's see what they have first. If they show the look that we want, we're going to make that change. That's not that. That's a part of the play. So Canada called it. Pickens, Pickett made the right read, which good for him. I'm not taking anything away from him, but to act as if all of that means Canada did not call the play is just stupid. You you don't know enough about what you're talking about to to make that opinion. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I, I'll give you 50 people who really know the game well that will all tell you it was a line check. That's all it is. Happens every game. Several Randy! times a game. Well, let's get off the Randy. And it was a great explanation by you. And, you know, that's that's the secret sauce in this. And I've been told by, you know, quite a few players, a lot of it is just all built in. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just that's that's the part. And I I I should have explained this better, Lance. I I skipped over that. The the built-in play, okay, the built-in actions to a play is part of the play. He's not changing the play, okay? Check with me, look at me. That kind of thing means we're going to read the defense, then we're going to decide what we want you to do because there's a reason why we feel like we're going to need to do that. That it, It's on the quarterback to see that, but that's drawn up by the coordinator. That's a part of the play. So he didn't change the play by signaling a different route. He didn't change the play by shifting protection. That's all built in. Sorry. One thing, no problem. One thing I wanted to talk about, though, um, is what would have been. We know what the lowlights are, uh, and and that and that's been this offense. What are some of the highlights? And some of the highlights for me is, I, I think the rookies have played fairly well. 
Um, I, I think we should be encouraged going into the bye week uh, of the play of Joey Porter Jr., especially of Benton. And I think we really should be encouraged uh, about the play of Project Jones and the improvement that you saw in just a week. Um, and also, uh, you know, th- this this class is starting to, to, to splash a little. It's looking like um, they hit on uh, quite a few players in this draft if they continue, of course, to ascend and play a little bit better. But but it looks like this class is is starting to flash some. What's your thoughts, you know, in these first five games of this rookie class? Um, we have not seen much of the first two picks, and that has understandably led to um, several questions, like one we have here. Um, I, why they're refusing to give Joey Porter Jr. reps. Um, he's getting plays. It's not like he's not out there. Um, I don't know, and neither does anybody else outside of the people in the building. So with that said, uh, my guess would be um, it, 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 a combination of them wanting to, to bring him in uh, a little bit more slowly. And it, probably at this point, they see him as a very situation-based player. Uh, the reps we've seen of him, which have been good, uh, he's been strictly in man. So he hasn't played from what I've seen. And there are far more sharper eyes than me out there. From what I have seen, he's been in man every time we've noticed him on the field. So when they're in zone, they must not want him in there. My guess. Um, That doesn't mean that they're not going to build up to that, but perhaps that that's what they're working on. Um, I thought he looked good. You know, Lance, you and I talked about after the game, that's the easiest interception he'll ever make, but he did what he was supposed to do. He's right where he is. Uh, credit him for that. Um, he graded out very well, apparently by by PFF, um, and and good. You know, you're encouraged by that. So perhaps it leads to more. Um, I don't think yeah. after five games it's the end of the world if he isn't playing ninety percent of the snaps. Um, Jones, I, I think it's interesting because what I like about that is um, I I said when they drafted him, he's a, a future stud. He's not a present stud. He's going to need some work uh, with his pass rush. Very raw, excellent athlete. You're not going to find a whole lot of left tackles who are more physically gifted than Broderick Jones is. Just an amazing athlete. Um, probably great in quick game, which they're not doing for some reason. I, I thought they would do that a lot more. Um, a good in, in, in uh, run blocking, which he, I think, did pretty well with that. His pass protection was going to be an issue, and therefore it, it'd be tough to start him. Uh, now immediately Dan Moore gets hurt I think they were kind of waiting for their opportunity almost like what they did with Pickett last year um, there was going to be a pretty quick hook on on you know can we even call him Dan less anymore I feel bad he's hurt we shouldn't call him Dan less Dan injured, injured um, Dan Jones and I, I said this now an in-game replacement um, Jones might not have been quite as ready as he would have liked to have been uh, against Houston he got himself ready against Baltimore. I, he looked fantastic. I thought he did a great job against uh, what's typically a very tough, very smart uh, defensive front. I think Baltimore, it, initially, I didn't think that maybe they threw a whole lot at him, but they did. They challenged him. Uh, and then at the end, like I mentioned in, in the last segment, they went away from him 
on a key down. They didn't go after him like you think that they would. He's the rookie making his first start. They stayed away from him. Um, Brojo did a great job. Uh, very excited. I don't think it's going to be like that the rest of the year. Um, I think he'll he'll struggle a bit still. He's still a raw player, but uh, he looked excellent. And and kudos to him for getting ready to play in a real tough spot. That's a tough game. Uh, you know, to be baptized by fire in the NFL. That, that's a real absolutely. Tough and he availed himself very well. I, I was very impressed with him. Yeah, I got to look at the All-22 a, a little bit more, but I know he had a little issues, you know, going up against Clowney, which is understandable. Um, what, a 10-year vet now? Yeah, that's yeah. That's dude that's got more, snacks than, more sacks than Jones has snaps. You know, yes, that, that's, yes. that's a big advantage for yes, Baltimore, so, and they but, didn't get anything on him. He ate him up. And I, and I and I was encouraged as well as w- w- with Joey Porter Jr. and Benton is just a stud. He's been playing well since all year. Uh, Keanu Benton has been playing all well uh, all all year. Um, to Grayson, question: Big up to Grayson. Grayson said, "Neil, did you see Jones pull? It was a thing of beauty." It, the He's, interesting I'm thing, telling you, man. Offensive line coaches, I too crude to say what I want to say, but they very much enjoy seeing that guy pull. He is, oh man, he is a beast. Just the, the, poetry the, in motion for an offensive lineman. It's just gracefully violent. He hits his target. He, I'm telling you, I don't know why they're not doing short game. I don't know why they're not throwing short. Maybe it's a lack of Johnson. That'd be my guess. When, when Johnson gets back, I really think you're going to start to see this out of the offense and they're going to pick it up. And a lot of it is going to be off of Broderick Jones. Yeah, the interesting thing is going to be what that offense looks like when Deontay comes back because, you know, there's a lot of talk and stuff about what goes on, you know, during a bye week. And from the friend that we will never name, uh, you know, he just said, you know, bye week, light stretching practice, a workout, uh, some course correction, grind through film, try to see what you're doing well, what you aren't doing well. And to really just kind of dot the I's and cross the T's and really go over your tendencies and stuff of that nature. So it's going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like coming out of the bye. Because when I look at this team, you know, here are just some of my impressions and I want to get yours, Neil. You know, some of the things that just jumped out to me is uh, when you look at the Steelers, First down offense is really inconsistent. Uh, and, and it they're often in second and long and third and unmanageables. And 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 I think that's really impacting the offense, as you can see, because when you're talking about three and outs, the Steelers are 31st in the National Football League in three and outs. And a lot of those situations are are caused by lack of production on first down, which puts them behind the sticks. And so I think they got to kind of get that right and kind of fix that. Uh, And also, you know, I think they just got to really get this passing game unlocked. I mean, you look at all, you know, you look at any advanced metric you want to look at, like success rate, uh, DVOA, EPA, you know, the Steelers are in the bottom third of the National Football League, if not, in fact, last in a lot of advanced metrics. And so, you know, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what they can do to get this offense locked. And it seems like Deontay Johnson will be back after the bye. Um, any word on Firemouth? Is Firemouth expected to come back after the bye? Um, everything we heard at that point 
after the game was he's on track for that, but we won't know. We won't hear anything about it. Um, did you want to talk about left witch at all? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's jump into some of the questions before we get out of here. And, uh, and thank you everybody for participating again. If you want to join the experience, go to YouTube, do a search for the new standard, please like, and subscribe, uh, jump into that question. Let me find a question, but the question was basically uh, about left, Witch, and this was from 4TL music group, Lance and Neil, what is the problem with left, Witch coming in as a consultant? Wouldn't it be like Flores coming in? Flores was a coach first off, not a consultant. Um, I have no idea. You know, I, I, I don't know what uh, the team thinks of Byron Leftwich, the coach. I know that as an offensive coordinator, your, your job when Tom Brady is your quarterback is probably a little bit different than with, I don't know. Uh, uh, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Gardner Minshew is your quarterback. Yes. Um, they, I'm, not, they, I'm not trying to suggest that, that Byron Leftwich is garbage. I also don't know. I think it's, it's very – relative to say quote they're just ignoring me which is kind of what the the report uh suggested they might have told him once they're not interested and they're not feeling the need to tell him again you know something like that can come up i don't i don't know bottom line is i don't know but i I do know the steelers are a team and this is connected to uh, why canada is still in place now as well they're a team that when they set what they're doing they set it it's not going to come back. They don't negotiate uh, uh, contracts beyond uh, the start of the season. They, when they have what they have set up, that's what they're going with. It, it could be that. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of different things that could go to that. It's a completely one-sided um, speculative conversation that was one quote coming from one unnamed source. You know, there, there's, there's a lot more meat on that bone, I'm sure, but – uh, if they didn't bring him in in July as a consultant, I don't know why they would do it now. Yeah, it's not like he's Bill Walsh. I mean, I, yeah, let's <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, I mean I'm not. The comeback every time is well, you use all the help they can get. No, not really. They they can pay somebody else, it, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars to come in and tell them the problems that they know that they have. They need to fix problems, not identify problems. And I, I, you know, I don't think it's unfair to say Byron Leftwich might not have as impressive a body of work as people think that he does to be in a position like that. Um, I'm not trying to downplay the guy. I suggested him as a candidate for the position, and he very well could be um, the the next Steelers offensive coordinator. I, I don't know that that won't happen, but you know, it's not like. Tampa Bay's offense was stellar in the last year he was there. I mean, he lost his job for a reason. So um, I, I don't think he's any type of, of you know, magic bean that's going to fix everything here either. Magic bean. Let's jump into this last question uh, before we get out of the program. Uh, Neil, what do you think happened with all the pre-snap motion I saw in Canada's offense to undress the D? I see none of it and wonder why. Honestly, um, I I sincerely think the lack of Deontay Johnson has messed with most of this. I, I really think um, they need that alpha uh, Z receiver, and they don't have it. It's not Calvin Austin. George Pickens is not a, a Z. They need the inside-out guy. They need a slot a wide wherever receiver they need a short game receiver to, to be able to 
get himself open and, and set that up by being able to go anywhere on the field at any time, uh, not be predictable. They don't have that. And I think that's probably part of the motion because I, he'd be the motion guy. You know, that, that's, that's important. You got to keep that in mind. Um, when you're moving a guy from one side of the field to the other, you got to keep your eyes on where you're going because you have to watch the defense. You have to know where to go because when you come out of motion, a lot of times you have an option route, which is to say, if this guy is here, I'm going there. If not, I'm going there. That's also something you have to build up with your quarterback, who is, as of now, pretty inexperienced. Um, and they're missing out on those opportunities with every game that Johnson misses. But he'll be back against the Rams. Honestly, I'll bet he gets 12 targets. I'll bet they go to him early and often, and I bet it's going to be short stuff. So I, I also think that's going to open up things a bit more. Uh, I just heard, I'm not sure if anybody else heard it, but on, on Ben's podcast just recently, he even questioned why they're not running receiver screens. And I know yeah. everybody loves receiver screens, but when you can't run the ball, it's a way to effectively possess the ball, gain yards, and, and put your offense in a better position. The only explanation to me of why they're not doing that is because Deontay Johnson isn't on the field. And I, I think motion is a part of that. We'll, we'll see. I don't know, but that'd be my guess. Johnson would be the guy that you would want to motion. Of that that team, Johnson's the guy that, that needs to be in motion um, to, to set him up, to try to get him open. I just had to say Randy one more time before we got out of here. Actually, the Ben podcast is, is, is a decent listen. I've been listening to uh, the last few episodes of it, and uh, you know he talks a lot about his son's golf game. They talk about beer. They do beer tastings and stuff on the show. It's a decent listen. Um, he says some stuff that I don't think is controversial, but I think people run with it. Like when he was talking about the passing game, basically just kind of not being there, that they've kind of they've kind of got to do some more things in the passing game and make it more expansive which which made yeah, sense I, I mean, I, all of that to me is just it, it's an outline around the fact that your best receiver has missed most of this season yes almost all of the season to this point he had three catches for 48 yards when he went down that's a nice start to a game against a damn good defense johnson i i get people don't like him he blocked me on twitter by the way i'm not even sure why um i i understand why they don't like him i understand why they think that all he does is catch the ball and then do a U-turn and lose yards on a play. It's not the only thing he does, okay? And plus, in this offense, you got to work hard to, to make hay after the catch. I mean, none of them do now. Your quarterback isn't very accurate. They don't do crossing stuff, which is the, your middle-of-the-field throws that everybody feels like the, the golden ingredient to success in the NFL. They need to do more of that, but you need Johnson to do a lot of it. You've got to have a primary guy that makes a team pay attention to where he is on the field. That's why motion would work. You're drawing the attention of multiple people because your primary guy is on the move. He's going somewhere else. When Johnson comes back, I, I feel like a lot of tumblers are going to fall into place here. And I, I'm not saying they're going to score 30 a game because they might not no. even reach that mark this season. But they are going to be a vastly better offense with Deontay Johnson than what we've seen without him to this point. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think – the arrow is pointing slightly up with this offense, but you know where the offense is right now. I mean, it, it can only go up. It can't. It, it, you know, it's hard for it to be worse than it is now and inconsistent. But listeners, 
a programming update. We will not be doing a show uh, this Sunday unless Neil wants to hop on and go solo. I'm out of town and it's the bye week. So I'm going to enjoy Randy a little bit of this time. Uh, and, and, and so but with that we're going to conclude the program thank you for everyone who gave us a super chat big up to grayson uh and and, and darren covington for that it is much appreciated steeler nation stay safe enjoy your sunday and with that we're going to conclude the show and as always tune in tell a friend and subscribe randy